Black Sheep, Native Tongues, Solo Artist, Hip Hop Representative, Family Man, Black Sheep Drez. Welcome to the Library of Timonico. Thanks for uh, joining me again. Thanks for having me, brother, always. Okay, so um, when I was, I used to work with uh, Ice-T on his podcast, and one question he would ask uh, a couple of people was that the hit, like you'd have this huge hit, and of course, like with yours, the choice is yours, right? So the huge hit, and I, and I think the first time, I've never asked you this, but what was the gift and maybe even the curse behind having that hit. <laughs> <laughs> the gift and the curse of the choice is yours. Um, the gift definitely, I would say, is <clears throat> the life. Um, the longevity of the life. It appears that it it's going to supersede mine. <laughs> you know, and and that's beyond a blessing that, you know... To know at this point in my life right now that, you know, my children will reap benefit of something that I've reaped benefit for, for, you know, for decades at this point, you know, like that's insane to me. Like, right. you know, like, like that's, that's, that's a beautiful thing. Um, I would also say the, the curse of it is probably is as blatant I would definitely say success has something to do with the diminishment of probably me and Long's relationship mm. you know and um you know that that doesn't feel good you know at some points in life you know you have to accept what it is but at the same time it doesn't necessarily make it feel any better All right. you know what yeah. I'm saying and um, you know, like yeah, there's the gift and there's the curse. <laughs> did you? I mean, did you go into the music? I mean, why why did you go into it? Did you go in for like the fame that hit? Um, was it really about the culture? I mean, was it for you more about the culture then, or have um, you kind of grown to more appreciate the culture now? I think I um I, I think music was always on the table for me. Like I've won talent shows singing. Um, I my mother always thought I would be a singer, literally. Like you know, what I'm saying like I easily sung. I was I've been in an elite choirs. I I played the trumpet in North Carolina in the marching band. Like literally, just picked it up and started learning trumpet. One you know, band one, band two, and went my way all the way up to the jazz ensemble and in marching band. And like I I was in this elite choir in the school where there's only eight males and eight females in the whole school. Wow. And That's I was, cool. you know, one of the males. Like, you know, and this is all before I ever spit around. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, so when hip-hop really started speaking to me, I was already, like, musically adept. You know what I'm saying? Both my parents sung in bands at different points in their lives, and I was always privy to that. Like, I'm at rehearsals, I'm at shows, I'm, you know, and I'm seeing musicians and musicianship and me having the chorus and the, the band back background and backbone was so advantageous when it came to arrangement, when it came to looking at, you know, the congruentness of a hook into a verse and a verse into a hook, you know what I'm saying? And, right. and even, you know, like trying to say something differently, it was always on the table for me, you know what I'm saying? And right. still is, I think. And, and I think, you know, the culture 
was life, you know, for better and for worse. You know, like we walked it, you know what I'm saying? And maybe sometimes that's why it hurts is because sometimes, you know, you have to understand, you know, like we had to walk to the store and carry bags home as opposed to getting on a computer and having it bought to us. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And putting it uh, in the cart in advance and then having it bought to you. Yeah, you you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, you know, like, it, it it's not to say that that makes someone bitter because I don't think bitter is the correct word. Um, It's a different reality. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? For both parties. And, you know, I'm blessed to be one of those that, have been able to, you know, function in both worlds. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I think it's for us all to. I think for those that, you know, that that put something in the cart in their home today, it, it's for them to get out the house. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and for those that walked, you know what I'm saying, it's for them to sit down and take the time to understand today. Right. Today is not yesterday. So what were you listening to I mean, as a kid, I mean, what was your... Ah, man. I listened to my parents' music. Right. And I had some dope parents, whereas, you know, like, it might be anything playing from, you know, Def Leppard to Celia Cruz to Stevie Wonder was uh, definitely a cornerstone in my lifetime. Um, You know, the most important record to me was um, Songs in the Key of Life. You know, I was probably like 10, 11 years old. And I memorized every single song, every word. Even there was a song in, that's in uh, in Spanish and Swahili. Even that, I memorized every single word. And the first song I ever wrote was to the instrumental that was on that song, on that on that double album. Those were the first lyrics to a song that I ever wrote, and I probably was ten years old. Do you remember yeah. the song? <laughs> um, to a degree, you... I do. Yeah, oh, wow. Yeah, I definitely remember the melody, and I remember a few of the words. Was it a mother's call? My, my late night. Uh, what's it called on the, on the album? Um, the song is called uh, "My Mother's Call" or something like that. Um, yeah, something like that. Oh. But it's the only instrumental, <laughs> yeah, right? Right. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when you were growing up, I mean, you know, we have or you always talk to art or artists about their influences, and usually an influence is you know someone that everyone has heard of, right? But was there like a local guy or a local girl that like kind of was that MCMC that, you know, you kind of took to or thought of as kind of this genius or lyrical genius and never really, you know, they never really made it? Mm. Or was it people that we kind of just... There was there, there was a dope brother that cats haven't had the opportunity to hear and I would, I would have been the third black sheep. We had a friend named Stan. And every day it was his house that we went to. He had, it was his equipment, you know what I'm saying? And, um, his mics and whatnot in his crib that, you know, literally every single day after school, we went to Stan's house. That's where we met. And, you know, so while we bullshitting around, we smoking all the weed, drinking our little forties and cutting and, you know, and rhyming, you know, and this is every day. Like, you know, while we're planning on whatever we're going to do, where this is what we did every day, every day. You know what I'm saying? And um, his mom was mad cool. And Stan was dope. You know what I'm saying? On the cuts and rhymes. And, um, you know, like, 
He grew up fast, you know what I'm saying? Snatch props like the Flash. Kept the mind tight and based our life on cash. And my dude, you know, he was about getting his paper. And it's a crazy story. All right. I got, I, I told you about my troubles before my record came out. You know, yeah. kind of doing some dumb stuff. So I'm on Rikers Island. And um, my man Stan, he's in Carolina. And, you know, like he's a straight street cat from Brooklyn. But, you know, we in high school. We just finished in high school. Right. You know, I'm up here. I get up in trouble and this and the other. So I'm dealing with what I'm dealing with. He's like, yo, I'm coming to see you. I'm going to come see you. I'm on right because he's in North Carolina. He's like, I'm like, I bet. So I'm like, you know, like the next day or the day after, I am know I'm getting a visit. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, from my man. So next day comes. Nothing. The day after that. Nothing. I don't hear nothing. You know what I'm saying? I try to reach out. Don't hear nothing. Just that together. The next day, morning, go to child. Hey, yo. I turn around. It's my dude stand. <laughs> <laughs> so I told you I'm going to come see you. <laughs> yo, long story short, he's getting out of his car. Paul getting in the seat. He drives up. Getting out of his car. His shirt lifts up. He's got a gun in his waist. Detective sees the gun. So I was chasing him, you know, like he's like, fuck the car. He's, he's hauling ass. Takes the gun and throws it while he's running. Cuts a corner, throws the gun. By the time the gun hits the ground, the, cor- the, the detective's hitting the corner. The gun hits the ground and goes off. Uh. So now they shooting that <laughs> Yo, man, yeah. So long story short, he came to see me. Right. And, um, you know, and... You know, it's unfortunate, you know what I'm saying, um, that he never got a chance to do what right. he should. Like, he's dope, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And um, and it was his room. It was his equipment. You know, like, he he was the provider, you know what I'm saying? Like, he provided us something that, to this day, you know. In the recording studio. That's our heart. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like, you know, like, yeah, like, you know. Like, and a yeah. place to be creative. I mean, you know, it's like. Yeah, yeah. And, and and we were, man. Like, we were. Like, we used to study every every DJ. Every DJ's cuts. Every DJ's cuts. You know what I'm saying? From Cash Money to, especially, like, Mixmaster Ice, who had the patent. Like, if you couldn't do that, you wasn't shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like, forever. Like, you know, like, everyone, man. Like. Jazzy Jeff, Beast, um, I mean, everyone, man, everyone, everyone, you know, and, um, you know, we had a good appreciation for it when we finally did get with the natives, you know what I'm saying? And got the, the first thing we ever got the opportunity to do was DJ at Mars, mm. you know what I'm saying? We were the weekly DJs at Mars every Tuesday, you know what I'm saying? We had our own floor because we rock shit. We rock shit. Like, you know, like we definitely were doing our thing and, you know, and even me and Long have two distinctively different DJ styles. You know what I'm saying? But I think that played well for the night. You know, like it was, it was, it was, it was a good time, man. We had a good time, and we were well versed in our ability, right. even before. Like, like there was no nervousness. Like, you know, like we were amongst the natives, and they kind of even, even supported and and helped us polish and 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 it still goes on to this day like you know what i'm saying like i you know i think i've only grown as an artist for 20 some odd years right. you know what i'm saying yeah. and you know it's, that's amazing within itself as well it's like my uh, 10th grade teacher used to say uh, 
a good student never stops learning. Yeah, real talk. Uh, you know, yeah, you, I mean, you got to always be open to it. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, only a fool would think that he really knows something. Right. <laughs> you know. Josh, my six-year-old son about that. <laughs> uh, um, talk to me about a, a delicious vinyl and, and the significance of delicious vinyl and black sheep. Delicious vinyl? Yeah. Um, I mean, brand new heavies, you know, and um, I mean, I, I don't. There was a non-hip-hop group that was signed with delicious vinyl, yeah. correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, but they were funky, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I think it was prudent of them to sign them because, you know, like, like there were bands that were sampled. Right. You know, that made dope hip hop music. You know what I'm saying? And all of that existed in them. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like if you could, you know, you could easily kind of hear the only reason they probably weren't sampled because it was new music. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and, and even that kind of was against the grain, you know, like, like Puffy definitely kind of changed the game, like by sampling hits. Right. right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like, and I wish he hadn't done it. You know what I'm saying? But I get it. It was the hustle of, it was the disco. I, I get it. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, like what cats were doing was art. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, like we don't get to do it no more because the cost of the sample now is makes it not worth the sale of the record. Right. Yeah. Sure. You know what I'm saying? And um, that's so unfortunate because you know, whereas, you know, I can understand somebody mad if you just take a disco record and you rhyme over it. Yeah, it's nothing. You know, it's nothing unique in that. But we were taking these little, you know, like if you hear the bass line to the choices you revisit, it's in the midst of and to catch that, you know what I'm saying? Like that required, you know, like a discipline that these kids know nothing about. And an amazing ear to have that, to be able to be able to hear that. And to match that to something else that you abstractly call it. Something else thing, you know, and then to put a beat that goes with it. You know what I'm saying? And you know, yeah, like, oh, man, the wizardry of that, like, you know, like, I, I I take it, tip my hat big time to Mr. Long and, you know, the premieres and the Pete Rocks, you know, you know, I mean, just the whole gamut, you know, the large professors, like, like the artistry of what they do. I, 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 I've, 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 I've got some beats coming out this year, probably. I, I, I'm doing a deal with Slice of Spice. Mm hmm. And, um, you know, like I used to do a little producing back then as well. So I've got a bunch of unreleased beats and stuff like that that, you know, I'm going to try to bring to them. And some of it is straight dope just because of what I felt. Right. You know, but I'm a student of these cats. You know what I'm saying? Like even then, you know, like that wasn't my passion. You know what I'm saying? I just wanted to be able to create. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know. How does the producing process help you lyrically like i mean are you are you envisioning uh, a beat potential beat that you're writing a song to or are you kind of just or is that or, or i mean imagine i cannot obviously get into your brain but i can imagine like being able to have one half of your brain to be able to create a beat and another half being able to create lyrics they somehow you know mix together and i, I think the the um be honest with you. What happened with nonfiction's lack of success 
kind of diminished my desire to make beats because like at that point, like, like, like I, I had did a lot of production on, um, on nonfiction and, you know, it took me a minute to grasp all of the things that were above my head that took place in the process of what was going on. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes in life, you know, you find yourself in a face that you didn't know you were even in. Right. You know, and sometimes you win them. <laughs> but a lot of times you lose them. But just to say, like, you know, so, you know, like, I had kind of stepped back from doing beats after nonfiction because I felt like I needed to just concentrate on what I do. Mm. You know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. And I think it's only now that I'm seeing the bigger picture. I'm seeing that I was bugging. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I should have stayed making beats and, you know, stayed doing, stay, stay just creating both, both sides. And, you know, even more, but so now, you know, like I'm, kind of back to lending myself track-wise. But my writing process, I love, I mean, I can I can sit down and write to whatever, but I love, 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 love when I get a track and it talks to me. Like a lot of time, in my opinion, like I, 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 I vibe with the music before I ever write to it. Mm. Like, you know, I want, I want it to be something that I want to hear again with no lyrics. You know what I'm saying? Like right. something that, that I, that I think about with no lyrics. And those are the, those are the tracks I, I want to write to. I know. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And a lot of times in the process of me just listening to them, things, it, it, it what it is comes to me. Like it just organically says, you know, like, you know, this is how we're going to do this. You know what I'm saying? And, it might just be a little little pebble. And then my job becomes to make it a rock. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's awesome. Right. Um, you, I mean, Black Sheep, Native Tongues, you guys are all, like, known for kind of being, you know, very witty, satirical, smart lyrics. Uh, it's, you know, you listen to your songs, they're not just this they're not just like full of gems. They're also like fun to listen to. Right. Um, when you go back to the nineties and you kind of look at your black sheep's album sales and then kind of the rise of like gun, kind of like gun talk hip hop. Do you think that, do you think that hurt your sales that there was more of a, there's this rise to kind of talking about guns in the hip hop or do you think there was something else to it that, uh, we just might not, um, we fell for the okie doke. Um, we allowed powers that be to dictate mm. power to the powerful. Right. Like, yeah, I get. That, you know, there's a realism that made those records palatable and rationalized what was happening. But what was happening needed to be offset 
with other things that were happening. Right. And once we allowed that to be the only store on the block, it got franchised, got syndicated, and now nothing else is happening. Right. And in my opinion, and, and and I've said it before, like, we played into big business. Rather, we got played by big business. With the privatization of prisons, and I stand by this I, the rest of my life, whose children are they going to put into these prisons? Mm. The prisons are full. The prisons are on the stock market. The prisons are big business to the degree of pharmaceuticals. Mm. Whose children are going to go into these prisons? Ours. Mm. How are we going to get our children into these prisons? Or what do they do? Listen to this. Well, let's structure this to do what we needed to do. Let's remove any glimpse of anything that might tell them otherwise. And let's push the agenda. Let's make the community numb to what it is so it doesn't even bother them anymore. Yeah. That it becomes reality. And now the shit that I'm talking about is almost like a fairy tale. It's almost like a pipe dream. Right. But it was just as prevalent at one point in time in our lifetime. So, you know, like, that's why Native Tongue Fest is so important because it's an opportunity for the people to support something that offsets that. And and that's important. You know, like, I, I get that. I like that. I love that. I'm of that. A long time ago, I wrote down... A, Something I guess maybe it was to myself. I put it in the record, but it definitely was to myself. Like, yeah, you know, I if you want to call me a nigga, I, right, I'm a nigga, but I'm so much more. You know what I'm saying? Like, if that's you know how someone's gonna identify me as a black man, you know, like. My brothers identify me as. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, so I get it. But I'm so much more. You know what I'm saying? So when you allow that to be the only thing that they're going to allow us to be, there's a big problem. Like, it's the same thing that's going on with our government. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're trying to control the narrative to the degree 
that reality doesn't exist. Mm. They want to sell the fable and pass it off as history. You can't do that. You can't allow that to be done. And and you got to make noise against that. And like, you know what? Honestly, like, you know, like not even to get on no, you know, down shit like that. Like when I came out as an artist 27, 28 years ago, I looked at it as an opportunity to put shit there that wasn't there. Right. That's how I look at it today. Like this is the perfect time to be dope. Right, right. This is the perfect time to be dope. It's a perfect time to speak to it. Perfect time to blow everybody the fuck out the water with that bullshit. And not even aggressively. Just intelligently. Just logistically. Just lovingly. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that, those are the artists that, that are on the under right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, everybody's done bought everything there is to buy. <laughs> everybody's done shot. Everything there is to shoot. Unless you got a fucking MX missile, it's been done. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yo. So now where do we go? And and I'm very proud of my brothers, my son, Chi, because they experienced something and they're standing against it right. in a way that, that cats hadn't, you know, cats hadn't done that. And not that they didn't feel that, but once they got the platform, they didn't use, they didn't use it as such. And I'm real proud of them. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes, you know, sometimes you have to fall, fall flat on your face to know where to stand. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, um, and I can attest to that myself. You know, like, and even moving forward, like, ain't no way in the world Donald Trump's going to be president in 2020. Not with hip-hop alive. Hell no. There's no way in the world. It's impossible. I personally will be releasing a 2020, 2020 version, live version of The Choice Is Yours, just, just so I could pull him and throw him away. Just so I could do that. There's no way in the world hip-hop will allow Donald Trump to be president in 2020. You're welcome, America. It's not going to happen. Right. It's not. It, it, it's absolutely not. There's no way that hip-hop will allow that to happen. And that's how powerful hip-hop is. And and I say that not blinking. I, I have no doubt he won't be president in 2020. You know what I'm saying? And even where... A Democrat's voice might fail to call him on his bullshit. Hip hop won't. We about to get busy. I promise you. There's no way in the world. You think he's going to get that to that point? And he's a clown. Yeah. Like, you know, like New Yorkers know he's going. And, you know, like something I don't think people speak to, but I'm glad this is a platform to speak to. You know, this clown took out a full-page ad against the Central Park Five? Yeah, he's a... Yeah. A full-page ad to condemn five black boys that were innocent? And you never even apologized? Like, fuck him. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 that's who we know him to be. Like, he's a clown. 
been a clown. He surprised himself by winning. He didn't want to win. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And now that, you know, I'm I'm shocked America let him get as long a run as he's gotten. <laughs> but that's just an a testament of white privilege in your face. Right. You know that that's white privilege. You know what I'm saying? But um yeah, like, you know, but even that has its ends. And, you know, and that's about that. I mean, to the point about hip hop not letting um, Donald Trump be president in 2020. Do you th- do you think I don't want to call it mainstream, but I guess mainstream. Okay, so so I know so you come from this school, DMC comes from this school, Chuck D comes from this school, everyone before comes to the school, and the whole school being if Drez is doing red hip hop, I'm going to come out and do blue hip hop. You know, like something different, right? But right. we're in a school now that. You're doing red. I'm going to do red, gonna do with red you, right behind you. Yeah. How many shades of red can we get in? Okay, let's just go. Uh, Fifty yeah. shades of red. But uh, you know, yeah, for real, for real. So, when you speak about hip hop being a political voice, do you is it do you see it being this shades of red school that's going to do it, or is it going to be and kind of has it fallen into your lap? Um, I am of the school that the spark needs to just be fly. Like, you know, like, like this native tongue fest to me is like, is like seeds that are finally breaking the ground. Now, what we do from here will dictate how we grow, how does, how does, how does tree grows? You know what I'm saying? It's finally broken the surface. And then, yeah, it might not be every single branch to this tree, but that makes next year that much better. Mm-hmm. That makes two years that much better. Like that makes us even haven't been able to see it in our lifetime that much more important. But something like this breaking the ground is the beginnings of what I'm talking about. Because if we have a common theme moving forward, that's hip-hop. Hip-hop flipped backwards is people. You know what I'm saying? So we we talking to the people, the like-minded people globally. You know what I'm saying? Like, like this is the beginnings of a conversation we we left off a long time ago. Mm-hmm. We haven't we haven't picked up this conversation in a long time. So if we do it correctly, it, 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 it'll 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 do what hip hop does. Right. You know what I'm saying? It'll engulf. It'll it'll make you feel something. It'll make you remember something. It'll make you remember the day, the moment. It'll affect change. And not just monetarily, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm so proud of what we've been able to accomplish monetarily because I didn't even see it, to be honest with you. I mean, I I saw fragments of what it could be, but not to the degree that it is now. Like, it's really become, you know, not just like one or two. There's a hundred millionaires in hip-hop easily. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, easily. 
you know, like, like that was such a significant <laughs> hope <laughs> when we were kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it just didn't exist. You know what I'm saying? It didn't exist. You know, just Russell maybe and, you know, maybe some of his staff or whatever label heads. Right. You know, maybe a LL. Maybe LL might have been one of the first millionaires off of hip-hop music. Definitely run DMC. But, you know, but even then, like, I think more of it was probably hype than reality. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, cats weren't able to affect change like they can now. Cats have hundreds of millions of dollars. And, you know, I get it. You know, like, it's mine. <laughs> but I wish cats would portion something to affect change. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, just portion something to affect change. You know what I'm saying? And I ain't telling you what to do or how to do it. You know, and keep yours. I'm happy for you. But take a nickel of that and throw it at something that's going to make a difference that's bigger than your ego. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, like, Like that that has nothing to do with you being whoever. Because, you know, I don't want to step on nobody's, you know, gold-plated anything. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I would like to say that to everybody, like, you know, because I can't wait to do it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, like, I can't, like, I think that's, I think God, like, kind of intended me to kind of get paid for later. I, I feel like I'm a late bloomer. I always <laughs> feel like I'm a late bloomer. And I'm so glad, like, I never got real paper. Like, you know, like, you know, I've always been comfortable and, and I've made, you know, I've had some good years. And even at the peak of Choice is Yours, I think that was like maybe what Lauren Hill charges for one show. <laughs> like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, wow. like that was my year at the peak. Like, you know, and not to show, you know, I'm the, God bless Lauren. Like, you know, like that you can command shit like that is amazing. Right. But I've never had paper paper. But I've always felt like it's for me to have paper paper. <laughs> And I'm so glad I, I didn't have it early. I, I think it's for me to have it later because I think it's for me to do something that that's bigger than me, man. Like, if all you could show me is money, then you ain't got nothing to show me. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's time to make purchases of, purchases of character and of, and to affect change. And to affect truth. And, you know what I'm saying? And for kids to see themselves in one another. I'm working on something right now. I gotta, I, and, and this blew me away. I'm about to write a commencement speech for someone that's getting their honorary doctorate. Wow. University of of Idaho or Iowa. Not sure right this second. <laughs> but it's a brother. And um and he asked me to write a speech. Just the fact that he thought that I was qualified to write his speech, number one, is like I'm blown away. And I say, Yeah, you know, like because I've never done anything like that before. 
So I, I've been giving it thought as to how I'm going to address it and how I'm going to attack it. And he let me know that, you know, he's one of a handful of brothers and he's going to be speaking to literally a few thousand people that aren't, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And he, he wants to be able to say something that they talk, that they take away that that's going to make a difference. Even give them uh, an awareness that they might not have had. And that's a nice way of saying that it's not necessarily your fault. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, sometimes if you're not aware of something, you're not aware of how your actions affect or how your lack of actions affect. So he wants to create this awareness that everyone takes away that says something that he needs to be said. And I have to write that, you know? So, you know, I've given that, but it's like a song. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I guess I'll tell y'all about it because a part of me is like, you know, like, do I tell y'all about it? Because I haven't, I'm in the process of putting it together. I haven't done it yet. But it's all good because I think it's something that needs to be said on a bigger level. And what I'm going to do is this. Imagine a world, and this is going to come through in this speech. Imagine a world where everyone's color, no matter who your parents are, no matter what color your parents are, is random. Every birth is random. The whole spectrum of culture. Whatever two cultures of parent are, black, white, they make it Chinese, Spanish, Russian, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever. But each child, and each child is random. So your brothers and sisters don't look like each other. Random. Every single birth is random. Now imagine that world. Now, what I'm doing right now is having him tell me his story and the significant people in his story. But I'm putting them in this world. Mm -hmm. So you don't know what color they are right now. So I'm going to tell his story in this world. All the way up to the place where he's giving that speech. Then he's going to pose a question to the entire crowd. All the people that I pointed out that helped me. What color do you think they were? The answer is it doesn't matter. Right. And in closing, Don't judge your brother by the color of his skin. I hope they remember that. Yeah. That's Wow. That's what I'm writing for. It's powerful. I hope it is. 